Welcome to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer, a show full of tips and practical strategies to repair, rebuild, and strengthen your relationship. If you are currently stuck wondering if your marriage can be saved, or you know you want to save it but don't know how to go about changing it, this show is for you. And now here is your host, Nicola Beer, who specializes in a proven 10-step program to help couples increase the love, passion, and happiness in their marriage in 30 days or less, guaranteed. Hi and welcome, this is Nicola Beer and I am thrilled you're listening to this episode because we have a very special guest who also specialises in the relationship field. Her name is Dr Ashley Arn and I'm going to be interviewing her in just a moment. Dr Ashley is famous and has an amazing reputation with her husband for helping women and men to find their ideal partner, to find love. It's something she's passionate about and amazing at. She started her career as a psychologist and she's got a doctorate in in psychology and she's also been a matchmaker. So she's got a really good insight into what attracts someone and because often when a relationship goes stale or when a marriage goes stale, there can be a loss of attraction, a loss of irresistibility. She's going to give us some tips in terms, from her perspective, in terms of how to maintain a good relationship, what people look for when they they fall in love, how to be more irresistible to your partner, what makes two people compatible, some really interesting questions. So I can't wait to to get into uh, speaking with her. So Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Let me just start by asking you a first question, and that is, how can someone be irresistible to their ideal partner from your perspective? That's a great question that I think everybody really wants the answer to and one of my favorite things to talk about. So there are really three ways. You know, there are three ways that we focus on with our clients. The first thing is your packaging. So the way that you put yourself together, the level of effort that you put into it, and really making sure that the way that you're presenting yourself on the outside is going to be what is physically attractive to your partner. Now, sometimes when we bring that up, people say, well, I want to be able to be myself, and I want to be this, or I want to be that. And of course, we're never encouraging anybody to be anything other than what they are, right? It's just that, for example, when you've been married for a long period of time or you've been together for a long period of time, people sometimes stop putting in an effort to put themselves together in the way that they know that their partner really likes. So let's say maybe your hair is straight and your partner really loves it when you curl it. You know, that's something that's really simple that you can do once in a while to show the other person that you're thinking about them. So it doesn't have to be something that's long or drawn out. It's really just about making an effort to, you know, wear the favorite shirt that you know that your partner loves or something along those lines and being aware of, you know, what they're really attracted to physically. Um, The second thing is your personality. You know, you really want to be able to bring out the characteristics at the forefront that you know that your partner is really drawn to. So for example, for Michael, my husband, one of the things that he really loves when I'm very warm and affectionate. And so I make it a point several times in a given day to, you know, connect with him. The third thing is, um, your behavior. So, you know, 
here's where it's important to know your partner's love language, to understand what their needs are and to be aware of how they want to feel in your presence and then make a point every day to interact with them on some level in the way that you know makes them feel really great. Wow, thank you. You make some really interesting points there. And absolutely, when I work with people, I, I, I agree, if they're not feeling very good in themselves, in, with their financial situation, with their work stress, with their parenting, or with, with some other issue, or the way they look, then that can also impact the relationship, because you need to be feeling good about yourself, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the thing is that, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, those are three specific examples, but what you really want to do is just be aware of your partner and be aware of, you know, what it is that really makes them feel good, that makes them feel connected to you and makes them feel loved and cared for. Because when you do that, your partner is going to be drawn to you like a magnet. Great. Um, and what is the, what are the top three mistakes the people make when they're trying to find love or trying to get more love in their relationship? What kind of mistakes do people make? So and in terms of, you know, trying to find love, um, a lot of people, especially with how tough dating is today, you know, there's so many options for finding a potential partner and people are really kind of getting stuck in this paradox of choice in the fact that there are just so many options that they're being too picky too early and not selective enough when they're almost exclusive. So for example, if someone is trying to online date, um, they're quick to reject people, you know, after just looking at a photo instead of really delving into looking for where there could be potential similarities or compatibilities. Um, and then they end up dating people, you know, oftentimes purely based on chemistry instead of what could actually create a long-term relationship. So that's, that's one of them for sure. That's probably the biggest one that we see. Um, the next thing is really being so nervous that they can't make an emotional connection. And this can happen when you're dating or when you're in a relationship, not, not necessarily that when you're in a relationship, it's always about being nervous, but if you're in your own head, if you're thinking about something, worrying about something, instead of communicating directly to that person, it makes it really hard to make an emotional connection. And the final thing, which is something that I can imagine that you see a lot, Nicola, is that, you know, people get stuck in their past hurts and they allow that to impact their decision making in their dating relationship or in their long term relationship. You know, for example, if in the past they had been cheated on, and I know that's something that, you know, you really work with people on is infidelity and kind of how to overcome that. A lot of people really feel as though their certainty or their foundation in that area has been rocked by what happened in the past, and then they begin making choices in the present based on what had happened in the past. So they might become totally hypervigilant about investigating the truth of every statement that somebody makes, or they might start phone checking or doing all those things that can be really destructive to a relationship when there may not be a warrant for it. Yeah, thank you for, for bringing that up, Ashley, because 
past hurts, whether that's a previous relationship, whether that's actually within the relationship, can really have a lasting impact if we don't try to heal from the past, forgive and let go, and also control our thoughts. Because even in relationships where a bad thing may have happened at the beginning, like infidelity or another form of breach of, of trust, then if there's no healing, if there is no resolution and letting go and forgiveness, then what that person can do is can carry it with them. And like what you mentioned, they can carry it with them into a new relationship or they can stay with it um, and stay in the relationship and still have it there and it can still come up and affect things. So thank you for bringing those really important points up. Now, I want to switch the, the conversation slightly, and that's to masculine and feminine energy, because I know that that's really important in a relationship. And whilst it does come up in, in the work that I do, it doesn't come up as in people don't say, I want more feminine energy or I want more masculine energy. But what I can see is a lot in couples is where the woman has been very feminine and then when they have children, she becomes very masculine, very structured, very uh, focused on the, the finances, the order, giving orders. And this is where there can be an imbalance. And this is where many men say to me, she isn't the, the person that I married. And the women will say to me, I'm so stressed out, I'm not being myself, there's no time for romance, there's no time for love, it's, you know, drill sergeant kind of routine. And what I would really like to know is how can women tap into their feminine energy more? And sorry guys that are listening to this and you're thinking, well, not doesn't apply to me, but I think it's a question that many females ask me and you being such an expert, this is something that you love to talk about, you love to blog about. I know it's your area of expertise. So I'd really love to learn from you and share with the, the listeners about how we can become more feminine. Because I think society uh, can make us quite masculine in trying to get everything done on time and in order. And there's lots of pressures today. Well, I think that one of the most challenging things is that, you know, we have so many amazing, amazing women who are really actively pursuing careers and they're in that, in the day to day, they're in that place of executive decision making. And typically, you know, masculine energy tends to be more about the executive decision making, more about, you know, task oriented, getting things done, leadership. And these women also carry inside of them this feminine energy that is very warm and loving and caring. And that's what it really makes a man feel good in our presence. It's not that a man, and I hear this a lot, you know, then women will say, well, um, my partner doesn't want me to be a leader then or to be successful in my career. And that's actually not true. You know, there are so many men who want to support an equal partner who, you know, has an equal career, who is intelligent, who is really ambitious and, and striving towards their goals. And at the same time, in our relationship, we really need to have that fluidity around, um, you know, 
being in our masculine energy and being in our feminine energy at different points in time. Um, the number one thing here, again, for a man or a woman, you know, whether you're getting into your masculine energy or your feminine energy is to really be aware of your partner's needs again. And I think that that's the key to all of it, truly. Um, but in terms of just specifically how a woman can get into her feminine energy, you know, the, the feminine qualities that men really look for, I mentioned already a little bit, warmth, the ability to connect deeply, sensuality, um, and, you know, being proactive in kind of allowing someone to care for you and also being willing to care for them. So the way to tap into those um, qualities can be really fun. You know, I think it's about being in the right mindset and taking the time to practice self-care and slowing down enough to be connected to yourself. So one of my favorite things that I will always recommend to a female client who's going on a date or, um, you know, going out with their partner is to take a bath, dance around in your sexy lingerie with a glass of champagne and listen to some of your favorite music, you know, give yourself an opportunity to let go of the day, to not be in your head and just to enjoy the moment and connect with yourself. Great. And that's before, that's before going out on a date, whether you're in a relationship or whether you're going on a first date. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, for me, for example, I'm a mom, I'm an entrepreneur. And so it's easy for my head to get clouded with like a million things. And I really have to take that time to kind of let go of all of that. You know, I know some people meditate and some people don't, but just to really give myself an opportunity to relax and get in the right mindset to connect with Michael when you know, we're going to be spending time together and let go of all the other things I've been thinking about all day. Wow, thank you so much. Some really good pointers there. I totally agree. Definitely self-care. And I love the idea of a, a glass of champagne and feeling good about yourself in the home. I'll definitely be <laughs> be trying that. So thank you very much. What, one of the things that comes up a lot in the work that I do is helping couples to create emotional and physical intimacy that that meets both of their, their needs in a relationship. And as you're a, a doctor and you're seeing the other side, you're helping people find love and meet their, their irresistible partner and have that irresistible relationship. Um, what, in your opinion, how can people, how do you advise your, your listeners and your, those you work with create emotional and physical intimacy in a relationship? I think that's a great question because, you know, I've, Everybody has their their own needs that really make them feel close to the other person. And so I think knowing your love language and your partner's love language is so critical. Um, for example, you know, if you're with somebody who really values acts of service and not words of affirmation, and you're giving them a ton of words of affirmation because that's what feels good to you, you're actually not going to be meeting their needs. So they're going to feel a disconnect from you. And then when people feel disconnected, they don't you know, want to be physically intimate. They're not interested in being affectionate with each other. So I think really knowing your partner's love language and their needs is huge. Um, I, I think that especially in a long-term relationship, uh, you really have to create habits or touch points every day centered around those needs. So like John Gottman, 
one of the famous researchers in What Makes a Relationship Last, he talks about the importance of having a a six-second kiss every day with your partner um, and how that has been shown to significantly decrease divorce rates. So, you know, that's an example of making a physical connection. Um, Also, something that could be really great is, you know, at the end of the day, maybe you have 20 minutes of pillow talk and that meets both of your needs because then there's an opportunity to connect physically also. Um, So I think that what happens primarily in long-term relationships that is that people don't make an effort to keep connecting and, you know, they stop focusing on knowing their partner's inner world and learning about each other. So if you can make it a point to make a connection every day physically, whether you hold hands, you do the six second kiss, you have that, you know, 20 minute of pillow talks of pillow talk and you focus on continuing to learn about each other, then there's a really good chance that that's going to meet the needs of of both people and create an opportunity for emotional and physical intimacy. Great. Well, that's plenty of great advice and some some tips there to to take Mm -hmm. home. I definitely like the the pillow talk. I mean, so many couples get into the habit of uh, sleeping in separate bedrooms or going and having uh, separate bedtimes and, you know, the odd occasion, that's fine, but when, when it's every day, then it can really separate a couple so I, I really Absolutely. like that so, so another thing that I'm really curious to ask you given your track record in helping people guide them to, to find the love of their life what in your opinion may really makes two people compatible I love that question and of course I could talk about it for an eternity but I <laughs> promise I won't <laughs> you know I think there are, there's definitely some truth to people say that some of the biggest causes of divorce are um, use of money, you know, how, how both people spend their money, um, parenting and sex, right? And I think that it is, even though that's kind of an old um an old, uh, you know, statement about that. It's very, very true. Um, you know, you do want to be on the same page in those areas and you want to look for those things in a potential partner. I think that, so can you just say them again? So it's finance, financial, sex, and parenting. Did you mm -hmm. say? Okay. And, and sex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that, you know, when you're just getting to know someone, it can be hard to delve deep into all of those things. And especially at the onset, you really want to be looking for similar interests. Um, You know, I think people kind of tend to sway one way or the other where they think that they need to have everything in common or they don't think they need to have anything in common at all. They could be kind of two independent people who, you know, cross paths once in a while. And it is definitely good to be independent, but at the same time, if you live two parallel lives, there's never an opportunity for connection and growth in the relationship. So it's so useful to have at least one thing that you guys are both passionate about together. And that could be a favorite band, a favorite sports team, you know, reading books together, traveling, art. I mean, there's a variety of different things, watching some Netflix show together, but in a relationship, you really have to have points in time where your relationship goes perpendicular. You can't just live a parallel life. There have to be points of intersection. Yeah. And they, Sorry. Sorry. they don't have to take over your entire life, right? But 
the people who are able to connect on a deep level are the ones who have a long lasting relationship. And, you know, outside of that, I think there's a whole bunch of other things. Like it's important to be close to one another in terms of your level of energy. Not that it needs to be the same, but you also don't want it to be entirely opposite level of ambition is really important. You know, what you expect in terms of your roles in the relationship and who's going to be doing what and, and how the relationship is going to function and flow. And of course, um, being on the same page when it comes to faith, you know, if one person is very spiritual and one is, um, not spiritual at all, then that's not going to be something they can share. And some people, depending on their level of practice are okay with that, but other people really need to have that connection in a relationship. So mm. being close to one another, but not necessarily entirely the same is the key in, in all of those areas, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you say, all of those areas are important if they're important to the individuals. And the most important mm-hmm. thing is um, aligning mm-hmm. expectations. Because if there is a difference and they're not being communicated, then that's when relationships get into into, into trouble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. And one of the saddest things, you know, I've ever heard is, I remember I was working with this male client once and he was telling me, um, I don't know what happened in my relationship. Um, before I got married, my, um, my wife used to love to golf with me. That's how we met. And after we got married, she stopped golfing. And now me going out to golf on a Saturday is the bane of her existence. And she told him that she only did it because that's how she wanted to meet men. So (laughs) you also don't want to, you know, act as if something is important to you just to connect with somebody if it's not really exactly yeah so how can men or women express themselves more confidently in relationships because I know sometimes that relationships break down or people don't find love because there's a lack of confidence confidence to speak up confidence in themselves and I know this is an, an area that you really support people with Absolutely. Well, you know, I think love, unfortunately, can make even the sanest people act totally cuckoo. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the truth is that in any relationship, um, it's a place to give and to share, not to get your needs met. So you want to have the intention going into a relationship of being willing to put yourself out there, meet the other person's needs and share with them, give to them. In order to do that, you really have to be happy first and you have to take responsibility for your own emotions and behavior. Um, So one thing that we always encourage with our clients is the you go first principle. You know, instead of waiting for someone else to change, be proactive, take the first step and see what can happen. And if you're in a place where you are trying to get into a relationship, it's worth it to invest the time into yourself to be happy and figure out how to meet your own needs so that you can go into a a situation with a potential partner willing to try to meet theirs. Because the more, you know, it ends up being kind of that reciprocal effect where the more you try to meet your partner's needs, the more they want to meet yours. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, I think that's when relationships do get into trouble. It's when we we think well, I'm, 
what am I, you know, I'm doing this, what are they doing and giving me in return? And people can get stuck thinking, why, why, why do I bother? And then the other person thinks, why do I bother? And then they, they hit that stalemate. So that's really interesting and, and really valid points there. So what's the psychology do you believe is behind relationship success? That's such a good question because I feel like so many people just don't have exposure to really great information about what makes a relationship work. And, you know, I think I know you're, you work with both men and women. And one of the things that really at a, as a starting point is that you really have to embrace the differences between men and women. You know, you have to work together to meet each other's needs. I know I've said needs like a million times, but that's because I really focus on that with my clients, with, with everyone, because it's so important to just embrace the differences between one another. You know, they say that 70% of relationship problems are not, not solvable. So you need to have a way of communicating with one another. Take the time to learn about each other and don't rush it. That's the most important thing. I mean, it's been so amazing for me after being together with Michael for 10 years that I I oftentimes I think I know everything about him that I possibly could and then I get the opportunity to learn something new so you know being willing to continue learning about your partner is so important and focusing on the positive you know anybody can get caught up in a negative feedback loop where all you do is look for the negative things that your partner is doing wrong you know you actually want to look to catch your partner being awesome You know, we, in our brains, we have uh, two parts, really. There's like the thinker part and the prover part. And we all have this desire deep down to be right all the time. So (laughs) any thought that we look for, that we think in our head, the prover part of our brain looks to prove us right. So what we choose to focus on determines how we feel. And if we're looking to catch our partner being awesome, we will. Um, And, you know, I think sharing power with your partner, prioritizing the relationship as an us, um, and separating their behavior from who they are as a person. And then finally, really just taking that emotional responsibility. Um, No good relationship comes from blaming. Being willing to look at ourselves in the situation and say, you know, what can I do differently so that I can be a better partner? And being willing to communicate with our partner about, you know, what feels right to us, what we need from them. Yeah, and it sounds so simple. It sounds so basic express what you're really needing or missing in the relationship express what you're desiring yet so many of us don't do it instead of saying what we need we attack the person so let's say for example someone is late or someone is spending a lot of time with a hobby and rather than saying I miss you I need more time with you We attack the hobby. We say, well, it's a stupid thing. It's a waste of money. Why are you spending your time doing that? You're pathetic. Or, you know, I had a lady the other day who was getting so angry with her husband because he was playing so many computer games. And she just kept attacking him and putting him down. And so the more he didn't want to be in her her company. And in reality, what she really should have said, and he would have stopped it straight away, was, I miss you. I want to spend more time with you. I feel like you're not interested in me. And wouldn't it be great if we did something together? But she didn't say that. 
And sometimes it can be difficult and sometimes we really need to remind ourselves that in relationships we need to be vulnerable uh, to strengthen the relationship. We need to be honest. And another thing that people do is they, they don't give the partner their needs, they give what they need and then there's often that, that mismatch, which I'm sure you're, you see in the dating as, as much as I do, helping people save their marriage. Well, thank you so much for all of this valuable uh, information, Dr. Ashley. And what I really would like to know, and I'm sure lots of the listeners are, are asking or wondering here, is how can they get more information? How can we find out more about you? How can we get some more of your amazing wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so honored to be here. And thank you so much, Nicola, for inviting me um, today. So we're happy to throw out a couple of options for your audience. Um, we have something called our Date to Soulmate Guide, which will really teach teach you how to find and attract the right person for you. First, we show you how to find the right person to love. And then we show you how to love the person you found for a lifetime because you really need both. So um, you learn where to find the right person and how to attract your ideal partner, how to know if you're with the right person, and then how to create this lasting relationship full of love and passion. So you can get that at datetosoulmate.com. Um, the other thing is for anybody who's really ready to find love once and for all, they're single, um, we offer a, um, we'd like to offer your audience a single to soulmates coaching session. So that would be with Dr. Michael or myself. And what we would do during that session is really clarify who their ideal partner is, figure out what's getting in the way, and then inspire and, and energize them to take action towards finding love. Wow, sounds great. Thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. Uh, but it's been absolutely wonderful having you. Thank you so much, Nicola. I really enjoyed it. And we look forward to having you come join our show soon so that um, we can talk more. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to How to Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. To book your free Save My Marriage consultation, please visit www.savemymarriageprogram.com forward slash consult. And if you've enjoyed this episode, Nicola would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on whatever app you're listening through so the show stays visible, allowing more people to get the support they need to increase their love, passion, and happiness.